Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. Tim is probably in trouble. Uh, it looks like it's about to storm. My wife messaged me about an hour ago and said, hey, it looks like it's going to storm right about time with Tim with Tim. You should probably go put our dog up. Our dog is really afraid of storms. And so when it thunders, she runs, you know, to Scottsville or wherever she can go. So anyway, I didn't go because I'm thinking that doesn't really look like it's going to rain until now. <laughs> so I can hear it thunder. So y'all look out your window. If my dog runs by your house, will you please stop her and tell her I'll, I'll take care of her in approximately 10 minutes? How's that? Uh, let's jump into the word together. We're in the book of Isaiah. We took on three chapters today, 15, 16, and 17. Because we're in that section that, uh, you know, the oracles against the nations. And again, some of this is repetitious. Uh, not that it's not good or that you shouldn't still take it seriously and dig into it, but I understand how uh, some of us can feel bogged down, and I don't want us to get bogged down in the Word. So anyway, I just uh, we're, we're going to kind of chunk some of these chapters together to try to uh, not slow down our progress. Anyway, chapter 50 begins with a message about Moab. Uh, now, when you're looking at uh, these oracles, judgment against the nations, you know, for example, where we were yesterday, when uh, you know there's just this you know taunt you know against you know the the king of Assyria the you know, king of Babylon, um, chapter fifteen is very different. There's no taunting here. Uh, this is genuine grief uh, and uh, you know just heartbreak over the uh, ravaged nation of Moab uh, and uh, and the effects of its people, uh, the suffering of its people. It's just genuine suffering. I think is interesting. Um, Scholars aren't exactly sure why, you know, that there's this, you know, judgment against Moab. Mostly in these oracle against the nations, we're dealing with enemy nations, like nations that had somehow come up against, you know, Judah, Israel, or, you know, the God of Judah. And so um, Moab doesn't really fit that category. Moab uh, was a neighbor of, of, of you know, Judah, Israel. Um, they were never really a threat you know, to, to Judah, you know, Moab just wasn't, uh, they were just, you know, never a superpower. Uh, and we're not talking anything like Babylon or Assyria here. It's just Moab. Uh, and so again, since the fact that there, there were really never enemies, never really a threat, um, the judgment against Moab, you know, the, the response is just much more uh, empathetic. Uh, and, and there seems to be, I could say just genuine grief. And, and you can see that sort of all through the, this, this passage, which is just this really authentic articulation of, of, of grief. It describes the people as just refugees. Uh, they cry out, uh, they uh, wander the streets, they end up, you know, climbing up on the road and, and, uh, and stumbling, uh, grabbing their possessions, carrying them across the ravine. I mean, it's just really sad, just really, really sad women, children uh, who, who are suffering. And uh, you don't really hear the voice of God speak until verse 9. And he says, I'm still not finished, you know, which is, again, it's just heartbreaking. There's also really no real indictment. Like, we don't know what they did. They're, they're pagan worshipers. Um, then in chapter 16, it, it does say, we've heard about proud Moab, its pride, arrogance, and rage. So that's like the only only real, you know, allegation there. They were proud and arrogant. Um, but, but again, there's really no other description of the sins of Moab. We don't question God's justice. But again, there's just not a lot of detail here about, about what Moab has done to deserve God's judgment. Chapter 16 begins 
uh, with this appeal. And you got to read closely, uh, and I hope you read closely enough. Uh, again, I know you're, you may be kind of skimming because you think this is all very similar, uh, but if you really you know, are interested, it's not all similar. And, and the first few verses of chapter 16, if you notice, the people of Moab are, are asking Judah for asylum. You know, can we come into Judah? Can, can we find asylum? Uh, notice they're sending lambs as tribute. Uh, if we just finished Second Kings, you know, a while back, in Second Kings, I think it's chapter three. Uh, there's mention of who's it, King Mesha, who sent something like a hundred thousand lambs, you know, as tribute uh, to to Judah. So, so this is, you know, actually right in character, the kind of relationship that they had. In this case, the lambs are sort of protection money. You know, if, you know, we'll, we'll give you lambs, uh, which. You know, I don't know where they're getting these. You know, with their at this point the destruction, but they're they're willing to pay what they have in order to find asylum in Judah. Um, and I just remind you, none of this is you know when Isaiah is is telling this, he's foretelling this. None of this has happened yet, uh, which again is just remarkable prophecy. It, it happens, but none of it has happened yet when Isaiah writes. Uh, so don't forget, you know, what an amazing prophet that he is. The interesting thing for me in chapter sixteen. It's when they ask for asylum. I mean, like, you know, my heart breaks. I weep for them, you know, the scripture says. And then they come and ask for help. And then there's no answer, really. You know, verse 5 in chapter 16 says, you know, then God will establish one of David's descendants as king. He will rule with mercy and truth. He will always do what is right. Be eager to do what is right. You know, so there's this amazing messianic prophecy, which is fantastic. But then there's part of me that goes, yeah, but... How does that help Moab? I mean, that verse falls right there when Moab says, you know, hey, will you help us? You know, we'll give you, you know, lambs, you know, you know, as tribute. Will you please help us? Can we have asylum? Can we come into your borders? Can we live under your protection? And then there's just this, well, you know, the Messiah will come and he's going to make everything right. Yeah, but do we get asylum? <laughs> Are you going to help? Is that an answer um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think sometimes the church, uh, you know, sometimes we speak over or speak past the actual suffering in front of us, you know, by, you know, telling them what Jesus is going to do somehow at the end of the age. And it is an answer, but I'm not sure that in people's suffering, they understand in what way it's an answer. I think it's an assurance that what God is doing uh, is not just tinkering, you know, in the down in the weeds of creation, what God is doing is making all things right. You know, so yeah, in the meantime, there are all kinds of things that are wrong with the world. You know, individuals battling cancer, individuals, you know, battling anxiety, individuals, you know, who are facing all kinds of injustice and all kinds of um, undeserved suffering, I mean, we could say. But God is not just, you know, tinkering around the edges here he is what he is doing is is the salvation of the world the restoration of all things so if in the meantime it seems like he's overlooking you know uh your particular you know and you know anxious situation just understand that what god is doing is larger and bigger and the messiah will come and he is going to establish you know his kingship and he is going to you know, bring healing to all the nations, Moab included, you know. So, yeah, I, I know when you first read it, you think, yeah, that's not an answer, but but it is an answer. It's the best possible answer. Although, 
in the short term, it seems like uh, uh, not a whole lot of comfort. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. Um, the Messiah will come, uh, but in the meantime, Moab suffers, and the passage jumps right back into it. Uh, we've heard all about Moab, its pride, its arrogance, its rage. Um, and then what? that's verse 6. And what follows in chapter 16 is what I count as three therefores. New Living Translation kind of doesn't use the word therefore. It makes them hard to find. But, but that's just the structure there of the passage. Uh, they are proud, arrogant. And so then there are these therefores, verses 7 and 8, verses 9 and 10, and then verse 11, three therefores. Uh, verses 12 to 14, again, we're back to that complete reversal. There's this great population in Moab, but then there will only be a feeble few left. This amazing, uh, we talk about that inversion that comes with God's judgment. Chapter 17 picks up with a, a, an oracle concerning Damascus. Damascus is the capital of Syria. And here Isaiah seems to prophesy uh, the uh, much later destruction of Syria by Assyria. Uh, so again, it's, it's a rather remarkable vision of, of, of prophecy. Uh, Damascus is Israel's nearest neighbor. Oftentimes they were seen as enemies. Uh, and so th that's not as surprising there. Uh, verses 4 to 14 is kind of interesting, though. In the middle of these oracles against the nations, we have an oracle against the northern kingdom, Israel. Um, I think it's impossible to read that, though, without also seeing that this is the same kind of judgment that's going to come upon Judah as well. And I don't even think that Isaiah tends to exempt Judah from God's judgment. But notice verses 7 and 8, there's this alternative view. Then at last... The people look to their creator, turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel, no longer look to their idols for help or worship what their own hands have made. You know, that's their problem. They took their eyes off the Lord. They turned away from the Lord. And when they turn back, you know, when they turn back to him, all of this, all of this changes. But make no mistake, all of this judgment, and I know it's harsh to read, but all of it is just simple consequences for your sin. If you choose the path of of resistance against God. This is where it leads every single time. And when you turn back to God, I promise you, everything turns back around. So in your life right now, you know, I just encourage you, if, you know, if, if, if it's just all kinds of mess, you need to examine your heart. You know, have you, have you resisted God? Are you, are you disobedient? Have you turned away from him? Because honestly, uh, turn back, you know, just turn back to him. Uh, and that's the message there at the end of chapter, uh, to chapter 17. In the evening, Israel waits in terror, but by dawn its enemies are dead. This is the just reward of those who plunder us, a fitting in for those who destroy us. So uh, even though they too receive God's judgment, those who uh, come up against God's people will themselves uh, be judged by the God of Israel. So anyway, those are those three chapters. Uh, tomorrow, let's do the same thing. We'll do all of chapter 18 and all of chapter 19, okay? Uh, chapter 18, verse 1, all the way through chapter 19, verse 25. Uh, good stuff. Uh, again, putting some of these chapters together uh, so that we can make, make some good progress through this uh, oracles against the nations. Uh, I love you guys so much. Looks like no storm yet. So I'm going to go put my dog in and try to save my marriage and <laughs> try to keep, keep Casey from uh, thinking I didn't do what she asked me to do. So anyway, I love you guys. Have a great day. Uh, stay out of the storms today. I hope we get some good rain though. And I'll see you in the morning. Lord willing, 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. I love you guys. We'll see you.